All right, welcome everyone. We're so glad that you're here connecting with us at Tomoka Christian. We're going to start off by doing what Satan hates most, and that's pray. So, Father, I thank you for almost 300 years of men and women who have sacrificed everything so that we could have the freedom to worship in this country, so that we can have the freedom to be Americans. We're grateful for that. Father, I pray for every family that has lost someone in their family, whether it be through direct military time or suicide afterwards, the pain is so real. Father, we do not take it lightly. So on this Memorial Day, we have nothing but respect and we celebrate, we celebrate the freedom that has been given to us and pray that we will use it wisely. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're so glad that, uh, that you're here. We're continuing our series called The Prophets, and we're going to be in 2 Kings chapter 2. We're just going to look at three verses and really just one verse. It's about two bears that maul a bunch of boys. It's a great verse. Put it up on your fridge. If you're raising boys, this is a tremendous, tremendous passage. But I, I was, I was, you know, a lot of people are trying to sell things right now, and I was, I was online, and a lady was trying to sell a car with 250,000 miles, and she wasn't having much luck. And uh, I think we have a picture of the car. Yeah, there it is. And they said, well, listen, we've got a plan for you. It's not exactly ethical, but you may want to think about it. She said, well, what's that? So, well, we'll roll, we can roll the odometer back so it only shows 50,000, and we think, you know, you'll probably have a better deal, but it's not really legal and so a couple weeks later, they ran into the lady still driving the car, and they said, I see you didn't sell it. She said, why would I sell the car? It only has 50,000 miles on it. That's funny. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, thank you to all of you out there that are watching. You know, the um, Star Wars had an interesting article. They're, they're looking for the original Toyota Celica. Have you seen this story? Right, this is the headline in the paper, okay? Where is the missing Toyota Celica from Star Wars? And I didn't even read the article. I just wrote a note under it and said, it's missing. When it comes to respect, our culture has lost a lot of it. It's missing. And so we're going to talk today about respect for God, respect for God's people, respect for God's work, respect for God's word. It's really all one big picture of respect, and I've entitled the message, It's Barely Possible. Because this story, while it is so simple, it comes on so fast, it seems so wrong, but wait till we explain it. And I promise when we get to the end of this, it'll be worth watching because God is going to melt your mind. So stand with me out of respect for God's word, unless you're driving. Second Kings 2 verses 23 to 25. All right. But the money's in 24. From there, the prophet Elisha went up to Bethel, which is called the house of God. As he was walking along the road, some young men came out of the town and they made fun of him. They mocked him. They jeered him. And they said, get out of here, you old bald head. They said, get out of here, baldy. He turned around and looked at them and called down a curse on them in the name of the Lord. Then two female bears came out of the woods and mauled 42 of the boys. And he went on to Mount Carmel and from there returned to Samaria. 
Now, that's an interesting passage, just kind of thrown in there uh, for you. So what what's going on here? Well, let's go back to last week. Elisha was with Elijah. Elijah is taken up to heaven in a whirlwind of fire. And remember, there were 50 prophets that were watching. And they said, we saw the Spirit of God go from Elijah to you, Elisha. We admit that you now have that authority of God. As he picked up Elisha's cloak, he parted the Jordan River. And they're blown away by this, right? These are those prophets' children who did not believe it. They are making fun of Elisha. So if you go back into 2 Kings 1, you'll find out that Elijah was a very hairy man. In fact, when you get to the New Testament, if you remember, John the Baptist, Jesus said, John the Baptist is the Elijah of the Old Testament because he had long hair, a long beard. He wore a hairy garment. Check it out. They're identical. They lived in the same place. They dressed the same way. They ate the same food. Compare 2 Kings chapter 1 to the story of John the Baptist in the New Testament. It's crazy. So the fact that Elijah is all hairy and Elisha has no hair. By the way, what they, this is just between you and me. What they actually did, they came up to him. This is in Hebrew. They slipped him a comb as a gift. The comb. And Elisha said, I can't part with that. That's funny. All right, moving on. So here's what's happening. It's not just a random story about boys and he calls down bears to mull them. These are people that should know better. All right. These are supposedly God's people. They know the word of God. Their fathers saw the transfer. By the way, the word is probably not boys. This is what first got me chasing this story. The, the word there is little people. It's not the normal word that we use for boys. It's, it, it's, it's a play on word. It's a mockery. These little people these small-minded people. That may be a better way of putting it. Do I think they were young? Probably, they're, they're, because they're sons of the older prophets. But it doesn't mean that they were boys. So they make fun of him. They're saying, we don't believe you have God's call on your life. So they start making fun of his baldness. Not about being bald. It's about the fact that you're not Elijah. You do not have the anointing of God on you. So to teach respect for God, for God's word, for God's work, he calls down a curse. Oh, yeah? You don't think God works through me? Now, I got to ask you, all right? Two bears mauled 42 young men. Are you going to stay? I don't know how many there were, but if two bears come out and start mauling you, are you going to wait in line to get mauled? This is a statement that Elisha is God's chosen man. God's word is true, that there is one God, there is one way to heaven. This is all there in this one simple passage. It is about respect. Honestly, I, I think about this time of the year, it all fits very well. But with Arlington National Cemetery, if you've ever been there, if you haven't, you should go when you can. The changing of the guards, what's so cool is through this pandemic, along with everything else that's ever happened in United States history, those Marines have continued to walk out of respect for those who have died in our wars. And that never changes. 
It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter whether it's a hurricane or a flood. It doesn't matter what's going on out of respect for the dead, out of respect for American soldiers and sailors and Air Force. They're there and they show that respect whether anybody is watching or not. Respect. That's what it seems to be missing also in the church. A respect for the authority of God's word. One guy said it very well. He said, I don't care what your opinion is. If God's word says so, then nothing else matters. And I'm going to show you at the end of this how you can be absolutely certain that God's word is true. Hebrews 13, 7 and 8. Remember your leaders who spoke the word of God to you. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. See, he's pointing them back. Who's he talking about? Think about who their leaders were. We just finished Hebrews 11. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah. He said, consider those who have gone before you, who have been successful, not perfect people, but successful living out their faith. They've they've shown respect for God, respect for his people, respect for the church. And now you imitate that. In Job Here's another passage, Job 36, 23. It says, who has prescribed his ways for him or said to him, you've done wrong, speaking about God. Remember to extol his work, which people have praised in song. All humanity has seen it. Mortals gaze on it from afar. How great is God beyond our understanding. The number of his years is past finding out. Respect. Respect for who God is, respect for the Almighty, respect for the Word of God, respect for the work that's going on, respect for His missionaries. That's why we faithfully give. That's why we give our tithes to the Lord. That's why we serve the kingdom of God. That's why we feed people out of respect and obedience to God Himself, to Jesus Christ, and to the Word of God. So if you've not accepted Jesus, listen... There's no time like the present to accept Jesus Christ, repent of your sins. This last weekend, seven people were baptized, four at the beach, three here at church. We're gonna, we'll baptize you anytime. You're ready to accept Jesus Christ. We don't know when your day's up, when my day's up. If you've not accepted Jesus to save your soul, this is the time. And it starts with respect, a respect for who God is, that he is the creator of the universe. He did come in the form of Jesus to die for you and me on the cross. And he raised to life so that you and I could have eternal life as well. Here's a picture of Gobekli Tepe. This is in Turkey. This was just found about 20 years ago. This is one of my favorite archaeological sites. I would love to get there someday. It's in eastern Turkey. And the dating's a little off, but other than that, this story could not fit more perfectly. Um, it's a huge altar. It covers acres of ground. It's got all kinds of animals on it. In the stone, they're still digging it up, but there's all kinds of animals that have never lived in eastern Turkey. Except for the time they got off of Noah's Ark, Gobekli Tepe. You can look it up. You want to see some respect for God's word? Now, here's the only discrepancy. Modern archaeologists date this at about 11,000 years, where I would maybe date, I would date it at 5,000, but dating is pretty difficult when you're just dealing with 
rocks. But check out that story because, again, it's respect for God's Word. Why is this huge temple right there, right in the middle of eastern Turkey, right where the boat landed, right outside of Ararat, and it says the first thing that Noah did when he got off the ark was build an altar to God. See, your thought is, oh, an altar. He built, he built something like this. No, maybe, maybe his altar was a huge place of worship that he spent the rest of his life building because that's what they're finding there. Now, here's what Jesus said, Luke 20. He said, then give to Caesar what's Caesar and to God's what's God's. Well, if you look at that teaching, what is it that both the government deserve and God deserves? Same thing. Respect. R-E-S-P-E-C-T. I think it's so desperately missing in our culture. Respect for our parents, respect for our grandparents, respect for our military, respect for God. It all goes together. Therefore, respect for police, respect for laws. And listen, at the end of this message, I'll give you a little update about how we're trying to work with the CDC, the president, the governor, and try to do everything the right way to protect you. And we don't want to hurt anybody. We certainly don't want to spread the virus. So we'll get into all that at the very end. All right. But here we go. In Job chapter 38, verse 31, God is in a dialogue with Job. If you don't know the story, let me just set it up briefly. Job actually fits in historically. It would be the first book in the Bible, actually. Really pretty close to the story of creation. Job, Job is about Genesis 15 is where the story fits if you were plugging it into the Bible. Okay, If you remember the story, the first couple chapters really set it up. Job is a blessed by God. He's got money. He's got a big family. Everything is right. Everything is good. Satan goes to God, says the only reason he honors you is because you give him everything. You've just blessed him. And God allows Satan to sift Job. And Job gets very upset. And that's really what the rest of the book is. It's a dialogue between Job and some friends that aren't such good friends. But in chapter 38, Job has challenged God... God, I haven't done anything. I don't deserve this. And in 38 to 42 is the money of the book of Job. So in chapter 38, verse 31, buckle in. Here we go. All right. In chapter 38, verse 31, here's what it says. It says, can you, all right, listen to me. Can you, can you deal with Pleiades? All right, Pleiades. Here's Pleiades. All right. It says, can you loose Pleiades? Can you bind Orion? And what do you do with Arturus? All right, now hang on. All right, so here's Pleiades. Now we know today, right, we know in modern astronomy, there are seven stars in the constellation that we call Pleiades, all right? But they're not seven stars. They're seven galaxies. There's 250 suns that you're actually looking at with billions of stars, but to our eyesight, it looks like seven stars. And he says, can you loose Pleiades? We now know in the 21st century, we now know that those stars all move through space together. 
They are not connected to anything else in space. They all spin together. They're all moving through space together. The whole constellation, those 250 suns and all of their stars, they all move together. And God says to Job 5,000 years ago, he said, Job, can you keep Pleiades together? Because I can. How in the world would Job have known that? Because the illustration doesn't make any sense if he doesn't. God would say, hey, can you, can you mess up Pleiades? He'd say, what's Pleiades? Job knew full well what he was talking about 5,000 years ago. How about Orion? Check out this story. Here's, here's the constellation Orion. This is what we call the belt of Orion. Those three stars all have names. But he says, he says, can you loose Orion? Because I can. Here's what we know in 21st century astronomy. We know that these two stars are slowly moving this way. And eventually, they'll come together and you'll only see one star. Now, that may take another 100,000 years, but they're moving and they'll be there. And this star is moving this way. God says, can you loose Orion? Because I can. Job, if you're so much smarter than I am and you think you can challenge me, why don't you explain Pleiades and Orion to me? Again, it's not that... God knew, it's the fact that Job knew what he was talking about. And God is using this as a teaching point. Now, this is a great story here. Because they gave this one verse to an astronomer, an atheist astronomer named Burkhalter. You can look this story, look all this up. Look it up, all right? Just Google it. Orion, the belt of Orion. What's happening to those stars? You'll find all of it's there. Burkhalter, the astronomer, was given... Job 38, verse 31. They went back to him after a few months, and they said, Mr. Burkhalter, what are your thoughts about this passage? And he said, this book is inspired. It could only have been put together by the one who created the stars. And that atheist astronomer became a Christian based on that one verse alone because he said there is no way that anyone could have known that but yet job did and god challenged him one more it mentions arturus or the bears it that's there in that passage it says the bear and the cubs the star that is mentioned is arturus here's what arturus looks like it's a massive massive star in fact it is such a huge sun he says god says to job can you control arturus You know what we know in the 21st century? You ready for this one? It's called an uncontrollable star. It moves through space. We can't explain it. It has such a gravitational force because of its size and its speed. It spins at 257 miles per second. And because of its size and its speed, no gravitational forces can control it at all. These these particular stars, and this one specifically, they move through space and no one can control them. They, They are a law of physics all to themselves. They fit into no model at all. And God says to Job, can you control Arturus? Because I can. Wow. 
I don't know where you're at. My job is very simple. I want you to know Jesus. I want you to believe that you can trust the Bible. It is the Word of God. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what you think. It matters what the Word says. That's what we've been talking about here for, for 28 years. That the Word of God is the authority. It's not the church. It's not me. It's not anybody on staff. The authority is the text itself. And every once in a while, God gives us a glimpse into His Word and says, Listen, respect me. Respect my Word. Respect my work. Be a part of what I am doing. Let's pray together. Father, I pray that it would not take bears mauling us for us to learn respect. Although I do suspect that a number of people have been through those moments. I've been there where I had to learn the hard way. That's a pretty tough story to have to endure that God's word is true. And even more tragic would be if people end up going to hell to find out how wrong they were. Lord, I pray that you would be stirring in people's hearts. If nothing else, get them to actually read your word so that your spirit could speak to them. So that they could know that you are a God that transcends time. That only the maker of the stars could know the things that we know today. So, Father, speak to people's hearts. Bring them encouragement. Those who are battling depression, anxiety, let them find peace in you, in your word, and the respect that we have for you. In Jesus' name, amen.